0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. Well, we are in the midst of this series, Follow Your Heart and Other Awful Advice. Um, I was... As I was getting ready to start this series, I was thinking to myself, man, the the different pieces of advice that we're going to be looking at, I really hope that these connect with people. Like, I hope that these are timely, that people actually feel like the advice that we're talking about is stuff that they really hear and they aren't going, why are we even talking about this? I I never hear anybody mention these kinds of pieces of advice. Um, And I got confirmation that we're hitting the nail on the head this past week. Uh, Me and my wife, Jessica, we had to run uh, to Marshall's to pick some stuff up, and while we were there... Saw a bunch of wall art, like big wall art that said, follow your heart, real big. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. And then just... I think it was just yesterday I was on Twitter and something was going on and, you know, a bunch of celebrities are talking about speaking your truth and you just got to follow your truth and speak your truth. And so I'm seeing all these things. I'm like, yeah, I think we're hitting the nail on the head. (laughs) Like this, this advice that we're looking at in this series, man, it is everywhere. It's everywhere. Self help books are spouting it. Movies and TV shows are spouting it. Music is spouting it. Everyone is, claiming all of this advice like it's good stuff, like it's great stuff, like it will lead you to a fulfilling life. And the fact is, whenever we look at these little slogans, these little hashtags, and we dive even a little bit deep into them, we see that they will leave us wanting. They won't lead us to the fulfilling life that they promise. And so if you were with us last week, we know that we, we kicked off this series talking about this idea of speak your truth. Right, that's that's what everyone says. Speak your truth. Speak your truth. And last week we talked about the idea that uh, there is no your truth. Like we don't own truth. Truth isn't something we can possess. Truth is someone we can know. It's Jesus. So we can come to know the truth. We can come to follow the truth. But we can't own the truth. And so that's where we were last week. If you missed that, I hope that you'll go back and check it out on our archives. You can go to our website cornerstonechurch.info and you can find our archives there and you can catch up on last week. Uh, Honestly, I hope that you'll join us for all five weeks of this series. Uh, We're going to be hitting a lot of these different pieces of advice. And man, I'm excited for this one today that we're going to be looking at. As we get ready to dive into it, we're going to be looking at 1 Kings chapter 19. So if you have your Bible and you want to follow along, you can do so. We're going to be 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 19. What we're going to be looking at today uh, for this piece of advice that we're getting ready to dive into, we're going to be looking at the story of Elijah appointing Elisha as his successor. I know, very confusing. These two, these are two different guys, Elijah and Elisha. Kind of wish God could have picked someone with a slightly different name so it would have been easy to differentiate between <laughs> the two. That would be like the next pastor at Cornerstone being named Jake and Young. Just kind of confusing, right? <laughs> like we want a little bit bigger of a differentiation, but it's all right. So Elijah is. God's man, he is God's prophet in the nation of Israel, and his ministry is getting ready to come to an end. And so God is wanting to appoint a new successor to him, someone to follow in his footsteps, and God has told Elijah that it's going to be this man by the name of Elisha. He tells him where to find Elisha so he can appoint him as the next prophet of the nation of Israel. And that's where we pick up in 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 19. This is what it says. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. So when Elijah goes to find his successor, he finds this man, Elisha, and he's out in the fields plowing. And he's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. So that means he's plowing a big field. Like this field that he owns, this field that is his land, it's vast, it's wide, it's big. 12 yoke of oxen means a a yoke is two. So that means there were 24 oxen that he was plowing with. He himself was driving the 12th pair. Scripture continues, Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. You see, Elijah putting his cloak around Elisha, this is a symbolic move saying, hey, I am I, throwing my mantle on you. I'm throwing the calling, the, the job that I have been fulfilling, I am putting it on you and inviting you to come and join me in the work that I am doing. So Elijah puts his cloak around Elisha, and verse 20 tells us, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. And he's kind of telling him, hey, look, I want to follow you, but let me do one thing first. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, Elisha said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. So today what we're talking about, this piece of advice we're going to be looking at today is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Put it in the chat. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Has anyone ever heard that piece of advice before? I want to see your hands in the comments if you've seen that. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, whenever we were coming out of quarantine for the first time, uh, you know, last year, I remember going and getting my hair done uh, at Great Clips. Don't, don't hate on Great Clips, people. They, they, they have Great Clips. They have great, great prices for haircuts, right? So I was going to Great Clips, and uh, whenever I went in, you know, just the normal chit-chat that you have with your barber, with your hair hairstylist. Uh, and one of the things that we started talking about, because, again, this was my first haircut there, uh, I was asking her, I was like, hey, did you guys have some pretty wild haircuts when people came in, <laughs> like just, just imagining people walking in and just having really long hair because they haven't had a haircut in months or, you know, people coming in and having their roots, if, if they're ladies who get their hair dyed, having really long roots because they haven't dyed their hair in a long time. And you want to know what the hairstylist told me? She said, no, actually the complete opposite, the complete opposite. We didn't really have anybody come in with long hair. We didn't really have that many people come in with long roots or anything like that. It was the opposite. We had people come in with short hair and god-awful haircuts (laughs) because what they had done was they tried to fix their hair. They tried to do it themselves at home during the quarantine. I remember seeing on Amazon, there was like a huge back order of uh, hair dye kits, like home hair dye kits. There was a huge back order of uh, home hair clipping systems because everyone was trying to fix this stuff at home. And in the process, they made it even worse. The hair stylist was telling me, you should have seen some of these dye jobs that came in. People looking like Smurfs. People looking like they belonged in the Hunger Games, right? Just looked, looked wild because people were trying to fix something on their own. And she was saying, you know what? Honestly, these people would have been better off if they wouldn't have done anything. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure, your hair is long. Just leave it to us. Yes, your roots are long. Just leave it to us. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Another thing that makes me think about that, um, any parents know anything about common core math? Common core math. I, I was lucky enough to avoid it during my time in school. Unfortunately, my kids are, my, my daughter Eden, she's in first grade, so she still has a little bit of time, but she's going to be getting in to Common Core Math before too long, and I hear it's the worst. Like, I hear it's awful. Like, it's just a terrible thing. Uh, and it's funny, a, a comedian that I I, I love, uh, Nate Bargazzi, he has a new stand-up special out, and he was talking about Common Core Math and how he's trying to help his kids through this, and how it's so frustrating, because It's just, it's long and it's crazy. Uh, And he said, he said, it's like the equivalent of someone coming up to your house and, saying, like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Um, we don't use the front door anymore, though. You need to, like, go around through the backyard, come back through, and then you can come to our front door. <laughs> he's like, that's how common core math works. Rather than just getting the easiest way to the answer, you have to take the longest workaround to get to the same answer. And what Nate was saying is, he's joking, he's like, man, I don't understand. What was the problem with original math? Like, why did we even move away from it? Like, I, I wasn't constantly getting the wrong change whenever I would go to a store, people being like, man, this old math is terrible. We need a new math. We need a different kind of math. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There was nothing wrong with the original math. Why do we have common core? And then uh, I've, I've experienced this, uh, this idea of if it ain't broke, don't fix it in my own life. Uh, me and my wife Jessica, whenever she was looking for a new car, our van I mean, it, it was on, to say it was on its last legs is a massive understatement. Uh, the thing was, I mean, we were f- Flintstone in it. Like, the, the van was about to fall apart. And so we were looking for a new car for her. She wanted an SUV. And she really liked Honda Pilots. Like, loved the look of the body style. Loved uh, the way they look and everything. Like that. So she's researching it. We ended up getting one, a, a 2015 Honda Pilot. And she loves it. Loves the thing. Um, The funny thing that she was finding out as she was looking for these and kind of researching them is the body style of the Honda Pilot from 2012 to 2015 is, like, extraordinarily popular. Like, people who have the money to afford a new Honda Pilot, like a 2020, aren't looking to buy those. Like, they're looking for an older one, one that's 2012 to 2015, that has really good miles on it. And the reason is, is because the design of it, the look of it, it, it's just a very appealing style that a lot of people like. But in 2016, for some reason, Honda scrapped the kind of more boxy look and went to a really rounded shape for the Pilot. And it got a bunch of uh, flack, a bunch of negative feedback, people saying they hate it and they don't like it. So funnily enough, Honda is actually getting ready to completely redesign the look of the Pilot for the upcoming Honda Pilot series. Because so many people were telling them, I don't know why you made this change. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But here's the thing when it comes to if it ain't broke, don't fix it that's not always the case. It's not always the case that if something's not broke, then just leave it be. Just don't do anything. Uh, because d- do you remember Blockbuster? <laughs> do you, you, yeah, of course you do. You remember Blockbuster? Uh, Blockbuster was this, this place that was amazing. And man, I loved going to Blockbuster. Me and Jessica, when we were dating, that was our every Friday night. We would go to Blockbuster. Pick up a movie, go grab a pizza, and go back and watch it at either her house or my house. Uh, Loved going to Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a mammoth. Let me tell you, it was a mammoth. The place, at one point in Blockbuster's uh, lifetime, they were opening a brand new store on average every 17 hours. Think about that. Every 17 hours, a new Blockbuster was opening. That's crazy. At their peak, they had 9,000 stores worldwide. They were making almost $6 billion with a B dollars annually. I mean, this was just a mammoth company, this huge company. And their business model, the model that they were based on of this video rental store, seemed amazing. What needs fixed here? (laughs) Like, everything is going good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leave it be. Let what we're doing just stand. Everything seemed great. The model for Blockbuster wasn't broke until it was. (laughs) It wasn't broke until it was. And then all of a sudden, things started coming down and tearing apart at the seams, I mean, famously, you, you probably have heard this story. Uh, famously, Blockbuster had the opportunity to acquire Netflix. Like, they had the opportunity. They, they had a meeting with Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix. They had the opportunity to purchase it for $50 million, but they passed, in fact, the story goes that not only they passed, but they laughed Reed Hastings out of the room. They're like, "What? Are, no, we don't need you. We don't need you. Not only do we not need you, you're not competition. We're not worried about you. So they passed because their model worked. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We don't need Netflix. We don't need Netflix. All we need to do is open more stores, just Hire more people, just more and more of the same, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just stick to our model, stick to our routine. Now I want you to hear me today, okay? I I am not poo-pooing on routine. I love routine. Routine is fantastic, routine is amazing, routine is a great thing, because what routine does, what model does, what, what structure does, is it gives you a, a purpose to work towards, right? Structure is a good thing, routine is a good thing, a model is a good thing, it almost acts as guardrails in your life. I, I, on my phone, man, I've got a, a, a morning, morning routine list that I follow every single day, because I am such a creature of habit. I know how powerful routine is, how much it helps in my personal life to make sure I stay on course. So I'm not tearing routine down today. I'm not saying to just completely upend your life in every way and and to just tear everything apart. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that this whole mindset of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, if we are not careful, that mindset can start to become a prison for us. It can start to become a prison for us. You know what that mindset does? If, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It makes us say no to Netflix. It makes us say no to Netflix. It makes us say no to the things in life that we should be saying yes to. We've got to be very careful that an if it ain't broke, don't fix it mindset does not lead us to living our life on autopilot. So I want to ask you today, Really, really think about this. Where in your life are you living on autopilot right now? Where in your life right now are you living by the mantra, hey, it ain't broke. I don't need to fix it. It ain't broke. What what worked yesterday will work today and it'll work tomorrow and the day after that. Where are you living your life on autopilot? You need to be aware of that. Is it your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Like you guys started dating and, and, and if you're being honest, if you really step out of the situation now and you look at it, you're going, man, what's the purpose of this? Like, I mean, sure, we enjoy each other's company, but is this really going to lead to marriage? Is this really the kind of relationship I want to be in? And you haven't even thought of those questions because you've just been living on auto- autopilot and it ain't broke. So why fix it? Where are you living on autopilot? Is it your walk with God? It's just become monotonous and it's the same thing every single day and what used to be passion and it used to be love and dedication suddenly it's just become routine it's just something you do every day not because you can't wait to get into God's word but because oh I gotta check it off my list and if it ain't broke don't fix it where are you living your life on autopilot you need to be aware of that Can I be honest? My daily routine is an area where I live my life on autopilot. I know it sounds funny. I can be so addicted to routine. I can be so addicted to if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that I am so consumed with my daily routine that I ignore long-term goals that I have set out. Because I'm so focused on just getting my life into this place of autopilot, and I have to be careful of that. I have to be wary of that. And the same is true for you. You need to be aware of where you are living your life on autopilot because, hey, it ain't broke. I don't need to fix it. Be wary. Be careful. Know where you are living your life on autopilot. You see, Elisha, the uh, a man we read about earlier in Scripture, was, Elisha was in the midst of routine in his life when Elijah found him. Elisha was in the midst of routine. Scripture tells us, again, that he was plowing in the field with 12 oak of yaxan. Right? He's out there, he's in the field, he's plowing, he's in the midst of this routine, plowing the fields, mowing the lawn. Right, He's just doing this routine. And in the midst of that, in the midst of him doing this routine, Elijah, God's prophet, enters the scene and puts his cloak on Elisha. And as I said earlier, him putting his cloak on him, this indicates, hey, I am calling you to something. I am calling you to something. I am calling you to be a partner in what God is doing in the world. He essentially was asking Elisha, join me in doing God's work. This is a call from God himself. And in this moment, when Elisha is in the middle of his routine, he's in the middle of doing probably what he does all the time, out there working in the fields, in the middle of this routine, he is faced with this make or break moment where he has to decide Hey, my life, the routines I have set up, the things that I'm doing, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep doing what I'm doing. Just keep doing what I'm doing all day long and every day. Or step into something new. Or step into something different. Or say yes to something that seems so uncertain and so scary. This is his moment. This is Elisha's turning point in his life. And what is happening in this moment when Elijah approaches Elisha and puts his cloak on him and invites him to step out into this uncertain future, what is happening is it is God calling Elisha, beckoning him out of his routine into something greater. He's calling him to something greater. Now, here's an important thing that we need to understand from scripture when we read this story, when we see what Elisha is doing. If you notice, Elisha's not doing anything bad, is he? No. In fact, not only is he not doing something bad, he's doing a good thing. He's working. He's working. He's working out in his fields. He's providing for himself. He's providing for his family. He is doing a good thing. And in the middle of this good thing, God meets him and calls him to a greater thing. You know what that means? That means not everybody's testimony is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) Not everybody's testimony is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, I was living this wild life, and I was so clearly in sin, and I was so clearly doing the wrong thing when God called me to something greater. A lot of times, God comes in the midst of you doing a good thing and calls you to do a God thing. And in so many ways, that is way harder (laughs) because it already feels like, well, I'm, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm doing something good. I'm doing something good with my life. And that's where Elisha was. He was doing something good. He was doing a good thing, but God had greater in mind. And not only was Elisha doing a good thing, he was doing like a a really good thing. Like I said earlier, he's plowing this field with 24 oxen. That's a lot. (laughs) That means he had a big land and he had a lot of resources. So Elisha, most likely theologians and scholars believe, was a decently wealthy man. Either he or his family was. And so Elisha, when he gets this call, he's saying, okay, not only am I stepping away from what I've always known, I'm stepping away from a pretty good setup of what I've always known. Like my routine, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like I have a ton of land, I've got a ton of resources and I'm I'm gonna have to maybe leave this to follow this guy I've never met before into an uncertain future. But God had greater in mind. I wanna let you know It's just a fact of life. God is going to call you to greater. It's just a fact. God is going to call you to greater. Um, Here's a way to put it. Part of God's routine is to call you out of yours. Part of God's routine, part of his normal routine is to jolt you out of your normal routine and to call you from something good into something greater. We see it over and over and over and over again in the pages of Scripture. People who were doing, yeah, sometimes a bad thing, but a lot of times people who were doing a good thing, an if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing, and God comes into their situation, comes into their moment, and calls them to greater. God did this with Abraham. God called him from what he was doing into something greater. God did this with Joseph from where he was into something greater. God did this with Moses, called him from good into greater. God did this with Ruth, called her from something good to greater. God did this with Esther, called her from something good to greater. He did this with Mary, he did this with Peter, he did this with Paul, he did this with all the disciples, called them from a a good life into a God life. Called them from a good life into a greater life. It's just a fact of life. God is going to call you towards something greater in your life. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know. Maybe maybe you know. Maybe you feel God putting it and pressing it on your heart right now. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your job and you're scared because you don't want to leave the security and the if it ain't broke, don't fix it mindset of where you've been. Maybe it's a relationship. You're comfortable. You know each other. It's easy, but you know that's not where you're supposed to be. You know God's calling you to something greater. Maybe it's a move. And you're scared to make it because you're going to a a new place with new people that you don't know and and you're hesitant. Because, man, where you're at, everything works. You know people. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe it's your faith. God's asking you to take take a, a step that you've never taken before, a step into uncertainty, a step in faith, and you're scared. Because the way that you've been following God has worked. And this feels pretty drastic. This Feels pretty scary, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe it's your finances. God's asking you, He is calling you to take a step of trust, a step of faith in your financial life, and you're scared. Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't rock the boat. Don't make any changes. But you see, when Elisha was faced with this, decision, when he was faced with this moment, this this turning point of I can either keep with my routine or I can follow God and his call into something new and something unknown, Elisha made a decision that I pray you make, I pray I make, I pray we as a church, as Cornerstone Church, make every single time we are faced with it. And the decision that Elisha made was not, you know what, yeah, I'm going to stay doing what I've been doing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Thank you, Elijah. Thank you for the offer, but I'm going to stay right here. No, the decision that Elisha made was, you know, you know what? It, it ain't broke. It's dead. It ain't broke. It's dead. I am putting to death the old habits, the old way, the old routine of doing things. I am not just trying to fix it. I'm, no, I'm putting it to death. I am walking away from that life that God is calling me out of and I am walking and stepping into something new. Look at what scripture says. Elisha didn't just leave his old life. He didn't just try to fix his old routine and just kind of add some things to it. Listen to what scripture says again. He is out in the fields plowing with his yoke of oxen. Elijah comes and issues this call from God and this is what Elisha does. Verse 21, so Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. <laughs> he slaughtered his yoke of oxen. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Elisha said, yeah, it ain't, it ain't broke, it's dead. <laughs> My old way of doing things, I am officially declaring it dead and I am following and I am stepping out in faith, trusting God in this uncertain future. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Elisha said, no, I'm, I'm going to put it to death. I'm going to step into what God is calling me to do. And I love what Elisha did. He didn't even allow himself to be tempted to go back to his old routine. He didn't even allow himself to be tempted to go back to his old life, to the old way of doing things. He slaughtered the oxen and burned the plowing equipment. He was so fully committed and so fully devoted to this new thing that God was calling him to. He didn't even want the temptation to run back to what he used to know. He truly believed, he truly believed that what God was calling him to would be greater. And so, what I want to say to you today is that in your life, you have some habits, you have some routines. You have some relationships, you have some ways of doing things that are good, and that, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And there are certain things that God's not going to touch. He's just going to want you to keep doing them and keep getting better at it. And he, he's just going to keep pushing you to, to get better in those areas. But there will come a time in your life, there will come a moment where you will start to have tension pull on different areas of your comfort. You will have a moment in your life where Netflix CEO is going to walk into your boardroom and offer you a chance to buy the company. You will have those moments in your life where you have to decide, it ain't broke, don't fix it, or it ain't dead, I'm putting it to death. You're going to have to decide, am I just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, this good thing, the same routine, the same way of thinking about things, or am I going to step into this new reality that God is calling me to? You will have this moment where God calls you out of your routine and beckons you to step into the greater future he has in mind for you. And I know, I get it, I have been there. That's why I can speak pretty confidently on this topic because I have been in this situation in my life where I have been tempted to say, you know what, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep doing what I've been doing. It's a good thing. Just stay here. Um, Because this thing over here, this thing that God's calling me to, It's scary because it's unknown. (laughs) It's scary because I don't know what that's going to look like. Routine, on the other hand, the same way I've been doing things, it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is familiar. This is comfortable. I know how this turns out. This is good, and good is good. (laughs) Like, I I like this area. I just want to stay in the familiar, and I want to stay in the comfortable. Why change? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Especially whenever this new thing, if it feels like failure is an option, then I really don't want to step into it. Then I'm really hesitant about going into the greater that God has called me towards. Because what if I do, you know, God says step into this greater thing I have in mind for you, your relationship. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but your relationship, I'm calling you out of it. Okay, well what if I take that step out of my relationship and I step into singleness for a month? Two months, six months, a year, a year and a half, and before I know it, I'm going, why did I leave the old and familiar? I mean, good was good. <laughs> like, wh- why did I do this? Why did I step and take that move? Why did I move to a new place? I-, I trusted God would bring me new people, new friends, and I haven't met anybody. I feel like I'm a loner. I feel like I'm an outcast. Why did I step out of that good, comfortable job? It was routine. It wasn't broke. Why did I try to fix this? It's scary. It's scary. It's scary. God calls you out of your old routine of how you used to handle finances, and he calls you to something new, and it is scary because it's unknown, and you don't know if it'll work out. But this is what I want to let you know, and this is not Pastor Jacob's opinion. This is God's word. This is Scripture telling you this. If God calls, greater awaits I can tell you that confidently, that if God is calling you in your life to take that step from your routine into something new, if God calls, greater awaits. Greater awaits in your life if God is calling you. Yes, leaving your routine is scary. I know, it's it's scary to leave your routine because you think, what if this new thing that God's calling me to isn't as good as this was? I want to let you know it won't be as good as this was. It will be greater. <laughs> That's why God's calling you to it. He has something greater in mind for you. That's why he's calling you to take this step to trust him. That's why he's asking you, I, I know it looks like it ain't broke, so why try to fix it? But, man, you have no idea what I have in store for you. You have no idea the plans that I have for you. You have no idea the purpose that I put inside of you. If you will just step into this and trust me. If you'll trust me, it won't just be good, it will be greater because you will be truly fulfilling your call on your life. When you step into what God has in store for you, when you trust him, it will be greater. Even if it's scary, it will be greater. Me and Jessica, after we had Evelyn, we were kind of having this moment where we're like, okay, we've got two kids we're not outnumbered. Like, <laughs> we, we can handle them. Like, you got one, I got the other. Like, we can, we can do this. But we had this tension of like, but we kind of want a third kid. Like, we, we kind of want one more, but we're scared at the same time. And so we had this temptation of saying, hey, you know what? Two kids is great. We love Eden so much. We love Evelyn so much. We can't imagine loving anyone as much as we love them. It ain't broke. Why try to fix it? And it broke why I try to fix it. And plus, I mean, three, having a third kid, and we talked to other people who had three kids, and they're like, yeah, I mean, definitely, it changes things. Like, most meals are made for four people, and most, most deals you can find on tickets are a four-ticket package and all these different things. And most cars, once you start adding another person there, just the size of the house, all these different things that suddenly become issues that weren't before. And so there was a huge temptation for us to say, okay, you know what? It ain't broke. Don't try to fix it. Like a family of four, this is great. This is perfect. But we just kept feeling the urge. We kept feeling the, but just just something. We just we feel like we just need one more. And sure enough, we agreed. We're like, you know what? We'll, we'll go for one more kid. And we had Griffin. And just the other day, me and Jessica were talking, and we were like, man, can you even imagine not having him? Can you even imagine if we would have said, you know what? No, we're good with two. We're good with two. We'll just stop here. Because he's brought so much joy to our lives. He's just completed our family. We can't even imagine our family without Griffin in it. And it all came back to us making the decision that, you know what, we know it ain't broke. so why I try to fix it. But we're going to put that whole thought process to death. We're just going to put that thought process to death, and we're just going to take this step into this uncertainty. We don't know what it's going to be like having a third kid. We know there's a lot of unknowns, but we know it'll be worth it, and it has been. It has been. And the same is true for you and what God is calling you to do, whatever area it is, if it's your finances, your relationship, your job, wherever it is, what God is telling you, hey, I know it's been good, but it can be greater if you trust me. I want to tell you from my experience, take that step trust him. Trust him. He is good on his word. So yes, (laughs) you've got good in your life, and that's good. You've got things in your life that are good, and that's good. And lots of it God won't talk on. Lots of it God's not going to call you out of that. He's going to want you to keep doing those good things. But there are certain moments, and I promise you, I I bet you right now you're feeling it, where God is tapping you on the shoulder, and he's saying, this is for you. This is for you. (laughs) You thought you were just logging on because it's Sunday, and you know, for your week to feel right, you gotta start with church. And you just thought you were signing on because your wife wanted you to listen today, but you had no idea this was a divine appointment. I was setting up for you because you needed to hear this. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to call you towards something greater. You've been living for far too long under just this routine, and just good is good, and hey, it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. I'm telling you, no, it is broke. It is broke, and I'm calling you to something greater. Just say yes to me. Just trust me. Just take this step into the unknown and allow me to blow your mind. God is calling you. He is calling me. He is calling our church to greater. And our natural tendency, our natural urge, our natural temptation is to tell him, God, it ain't broke. I don't want to fix it. God, it ain't broke, I don't want to put it to death. God, it's not broke, it's good, it's a good thing. Can't I just stay here? Can't I just hold on to this? Can't I just be in this relationship? Can't I just be in this job? Can't I just be in this place? Can't I just be here? Isn't that good enough? And God will allow you to stay there if you want to. But he is opening his hand and he is offering an invitation to take you to something greater. But you've got to say yes. You've got to say yes. You've got to take that step of faith and that step of trust and believe him. Take him at his word. Will you be willing? Will I be willing? Will Cornerstone, will we be willing to do what Elisha did? And to take the oxen and to slaughter them and to take the plowing equipment and burn them? Will we be willing to say, hey, that old thing that worked for a while, that thing that seems to be fine, that seems to be good, I'm going to put that to death because I trust that God has something greater for me in mind? Will we be willing to do that? To break out of our routine, to put it to death and trust God with our uncertain future? Cornerstone, I hope that we will. I hope that we will, I hope that we will take those steps, that we will do the exact same thing that Elisha did because every single time we do, God comes through. I don't know exactly what that looks like. I'm not saying you're gonna have health and wealth. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I know that whenever we step into the future God's calling us towards, it will be worth it and it will be truly fulfilling in the sense that we will actually be living out the way God intended us to live. We will actually be following and fulfilling the purpose he has put on our life. So it's up to us. Are we gonna decide it ain't broke, don't fix it? Or are we going to put it to death? Let's put those routines that God is calling us to put down, let's put them to death today. And let's agree, God, we are following you into that future and we are trusting you. Bow your heads and let's pray together real quick, all right? Father God, today we commit to you and we declare with one voice as your church that we trust you. That we believe you. God, that whenever you call us, we know that if you call us towards something, if you call, that greater awaits. That if you call us towards something, that we can know that it's going to be fulfilling. That it's actually going to take us to where we would want to be if we could have your eyes and see the entire scenario. We could see how our life was supposed to play out. God, help us to have that trust in you. Help us to look at the things in our life that are good things. But they're not God things. Help us to have the eyes to see those good things. And even though they may not be broke, (laughs) that we would see them for what they are. That they are just good whenever you have called us towards something greater. God, I don't know what that looks like for everybody. It could be a relationship. It could be a boyfriend, it could be a girlfriend, it could be how, how they're putting in uh, work at school, it could be how things are going at their job, it could be a way of thinking, it could be how we are handling our finances. I don't know what that good thing is, but God, I know that you constantly are calling your people out of good and into greater. So God, help us to hear that call today, and to not just hear it, but to follow it to follow it, to take those steps of faith, to take those steps of trust, believing you will see us through the rest of the way. And we will be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise that belongs to nobody else but you alone. We love you so much, Father. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.